Hi, and welcome back to Get Outside with Kids, the podcast we are inspiring you every week to spend more time outside as a family. Now, if you have been listening to these chronologically, you know that we announced something pretty big last year, our last episode, I should say, uh, that we're going to be kind of wrapping up here today. We are really excited to be here for episode number 100. And as we mentioned in our last episode last week, which if you haven't heard, hit pause and go and listen to immediately. Um, we are going to be hitting pause on the podcast after this. We've been so excited to and learn so much. We've been so excited to share so many things with our listeners. And it feels like the right time to take a little break from the podcast and see what the future holds. But we are not going to end on a down note. We are going to end with a fun episode with two people who are, you might say, very related to me, Jen. Very relatable to me. Somewhat close to you, I suppose. And they've also been on our podcast before. And we're so excited to have your parents back on the podcast tonight, Kate. Um, And let's just say it's not easy to try and schedule. I mean, myself and Kate, you know, with kids and a family, but then also coordinating with the uh, time zones in Australia to coordinate. And your parents live really busy lives too. So I really appreciate them taking times out of their very busy schedule uh, to be here again with us tonight. We were really excited to be able to talk to my parents about what we can expect in the future. Our kids are currently four and six. And as we look ahead into this big unknown world of parenting older kids, what does it look like? What can we expect in this kind of new new terrain that we're entering into? And my parents had some great perspectives and we think you're going to really love it. And so we hope you enjoy this episode. Well, it feels very exciting to have two very special guests back on the podcast, particularly special to me, but also to you, Jen. Welcome to my mum and dad, Sue and Peter. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Jen. Hi, Kate. Hi, good to be here. So for those people who haven't heard my mum and dad's first episode with us, firstly, hit pause, go back and find that episode. I'll drop a link into the show notes here. You'll get a little insight into my parents and the kind of conversation we had last time about how they've raised kids and how traveled all around the world, how we grew up camping in a whole lot of different places and different countries. It was such a fun episode. We had a lot of great feedback from um, a lot of our listeners who really enjoyed it. So we thought for our 100th episode, we would get my mum and dad back here. And I think, Jen, our perspective is sort of like we're curious about what happens from here? Our kids are currently four and six. And we, I personally don't know anything about having kids older than this because this is my first time being a parent. And I I think we're kind of interested in that perspective of older kids. So maybe mum, we're interested in hearing from you about what happens as our kids get older and we want to keep getting outside with them. You know, what happens beyond these ages of four and six, maybe seven? And how did you kind of approach getting outside with older kids? Well, I guess, Kate, um, we've we've just continued. We just continued as we did when they were young, you were all younger. We just continued to um, to be out to do to to do outside activities with the kids, and we've we've kind of carried it all the way through. So we don't see any sort of break in you know younger children between the younger children's activities and the older children's activities. We've just always. Um, We've always enjoyed out, outdoor activities with our children um, right through their teens, into their 20s. And now, I guess, you know, you all, you all have children of your own. We're absolutely loving activities with the grandchildren. So it's just been this lovely continuum of uh, enjoying time outside with our children. So 
What do you think, though, about the teenage years? Because I was a teenager once and I know you're very gracious and say I was a good teenager, but I remember being very cranky and grumpy. Dad, how do you get out of celebrity teenagers? Well, I, you remember that, but... Uh, I to don't. Us, I just remember the crankiness on my side. Well, you're only really cranky once when uh, you wouldn't talk to me because you were so tired on a, a, a trip, but... Uh, and I, I understood that you were you were eleven. That that was not a big issue. I mean, in general, we really haven't had any issues with the kids. We've never really um, found there was a crisis. And I think it's important to say that uh, the evidence that adolescents are difficult. It's actually the minority of kids, and uh, I'm now talking as a parent, as a paediatrician. The minority of kids. Uh, cause their parents anguish. You, you kids didn't cause us enough trouble at all. We're trying to think of when you were difficult, and we have we have trouble f- remembering trouble. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Huh. Well, there you go, Jen. That's the answer. Up, <laughs> <you, so. laughs> we, don't, we don't look back on those years. At, as I say, it's just a continuum to us. Like we don't look at. We certainly don't look back on adolescent years, your adolescent, as being in any way difficult. We just enjoyed them, and you kept coming away with us and out with us. So we've got lots of um, examples of that. I mean, for example, um, when we went down to Larkwood River, we, had, we, know we always had a place in the southwest, a holiday place, which was lovely. You know, we were out and about when we were down there. I remember the night walks that Dad used to take you on. He can tell you about that. Well, I'm sure you remember those, Kate, because uh, every night uh, we would get, go for a walk in the countryside because the house was is set out in the countryside. So as you recall, whether it was... Uh, moonlight or completely dark we'd set off you weren't allowed to have torches on you had to walk in the dark and uh, when cars came along the road it was very important to hide there was no particular reason for it but we always felt that we should hide and so there was a mad rush to get behind a bush but i think probably the 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 most memorable moment was when tim went rushing off and jumped into the bush but he didn't realize it was about a two or three meter drop and he disappeared completely <laughs> and uh, he, came, he came back largely unscathed. But we also, when we got to our destination, which would be a couple of kilometres away, we'd lie on the road and look at the stars. And uh, I'm sure you remember uh, the, the wonderful uh, Milky Way looking there. And we, we never looked up maps of which stars, which we made up our own names for stars. And I, I remember that as a lot of fun. And the, your kids always came, never complained. So I, I trust, I hope you enjoyed it. We actually recreated that last time we were in Australia. Um, Jen, I can't remember if I told you this, but Vince and I went out with Dad at like 11 o'clock at night or something to walk the streets and lie on the road. And it was very difficult to explain to Vince, my husband, uh, why he had to hide from the car. <laughs> There's no reason. They might see you. You have to hide behind a tree. And he was like, but why? I'm like, don't question it. Get behind the tree. The car could see you coming. <laughs> No logic to it at all. We also um, carefully planned out, because we all we both worked full-time, we carefully planned our, our holiday away each year, which was usually a camping holiday in a VW Combi, and we went all over the place. We went, I mean, one of the memorable ones was when Tim was 11, Anna was nine, you were six, and we went um, right up to Darwin and Kakadu um, and had the most amazing trip up there on the way up we um do you remember kate we stopped at the de Grey river which was out in the middle of anywhere of nowhere we found this wonderful river and a beautiful place to camp 
and you kids wanted to wanted to stay there for a while. So I think that it's important to be constantly tuned into what what children want to do. You wanted to just chill out, stop for a few days, um, make some paper boats to go on the river, um, just play in the water. And we had the most beautiful th- three or four days probably there, didn't we? Yeah. My brother or sister and, uh, are listening, they'll know that there were no limits at the time. All family joke there. Um, Jen, this is sounding more positive then for having older kids. What do you reckon? I know. Well, I think some of it too is, you know, when you look back, you do, I think as a parent and now as a grandparent for you guys, you kind of do look back with these, as we say, like rose colored glasses, you know, I feel like the farther you get away from that time period, like even thinking back to the newborn stage now, you're like... Maybe it wasn't that bad, Kate. Maybe they were so tiny. You love, I was looking back at videos yesterday with our oldest ones. And you know, you're like, but they were so tiny and adorable. Like, surely it couldn't have been that bad. But like, but actually, like, like it actually was really, really <laughs> tough. But the farther you get away from it, you really do remember the good moments, which is why I think, you know, relating back to the podcast, you've got to find those good moments in between, like silly things like getting outside and going for a walk in the dark at night now becomes a moment that you still remember your whole life, even though at the time it's like a really small piece of just getting outside and doing something silly and fun. I mean, we certainly had our moments in the camper van because we, that trip was something like 11,000 kilometres and um, you did all get tired and cranky and a bit bored, but I always had lots of activities in the car for you to do. But um, yeah, we, we certainly, it certainly wasn't all um, beer and roses, was it? Well, it was pretty easy. I mean, when we... <laughs> When we got back to uh, Perth after being away for four weeks, we stopped off at a, a fast food place on the outskirts of town and we didn't want to go home because uh, everyone had enjoyed themselves so much they didn't want to actually for the trip to end. We also did other trips with, um, I think it's, it's good to do this, it changes the dynamics a bit. Uh, I went on the Bibbulmun Track, which is a long-distance uh, trail in Western Australia, and I did a, Anna and I went for a week when she was 18 uh, we just hiked and camped out, um, and that was a lovely experience, really good. And you took, remember when you took the Anna and Kate up to see them? Well, the we asked Anna what she wanted for her 16th birthday. She said, I want to swim with the whale sharks. Well, that's great, <laughs> but that's 1,200 k's north. And uh, so uh, I was instructed that I had to take Anna up on school holidays up to Exmouth. Uh, and we were required by camping, so uh, Kate had to come along as well. And uh, Sue thought that uh, we should just get it. Was The tickets are expensive, and she said, well, you just get it for Anna. And I said, oh, no, I'm not going to drive 2,500 kilometres and not swim with a damn whale shark, <laughs> which we did. But the, the whole objective that Anna wanted was really a picture of her swimming the whale sharks. Well, that's not so easy because... It's underwater. The whale sharks would move quite fast. They're huge things, wonderful experience. But I finally got into a position where I could get a picture of Anna. There she was swimming under the water right next to the whale shark. And just as I was about to click, this little kid comes into the, into the uh, and blocks the view. And I thought, this is a once-of-a-lifetime experience. So I picked him up and pushed him aside. <laughs> it wasn't your surprise. kid. He wasn't I your took kid. the picture and then I went back and said to the kid, I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> anyway, the picture ended up on Anna's wall and of all the pictures in her childhood, I think that's one of the most special ones. So I'm sure the little kid uh, would appreciate that being picked up and lifted aside quite quickly was worth it. 
But I guess the message here is that um, I think you do need to be, as the as your children get older, you need to be uh, flexible. You need to listen to what they want to do and what their interests are uh, and just tune into those a bit, not necessarily do what you think they should be doing or you want to do yourselves. Our kids better like hiking and camping, Jen. Yeah, our kids. <laughs> your children are all about hiking and camping, believe me. <laughs> They're going to have to, Kate. They're going to have to. Which I think, I mean, we've talked a lot about too, about having that flexibility. And we talked about on our 99th episode about one of the things we really liked was like, it's kind of finding that balance of not over scheduling, you know, your kids, because if you're each of your kids is in five different sports or activities, you don't have maybe some of that flexibility or, or the ability to take school holidays to do those things and kind of finding mm -hmm. that balance of like, how do we still work in some of that flexible time to do those family adventures? Definitely, definitely agree with that. One of the things which uh, I think is probably worth mentioning is if you're lucky enough to be on a business trip overseas and uh, to take one of the kids with you, and the they have to be about 11 or 12, and the, the rule is they have to be, you have, need to be able to leave them in a hotel room while you're working and, and trust that they're not going to get into trouble. And... I was lucky enough to be able to take each of the three kids on trips uh, overseas and spend wonderful time together. Uh, took Kate to Angel Falls in Venezuela and uh, Tim and I climbed a, a mountain in, in Chile, uh, Via Rica, and Anna and I watched the shuttle take off and uh, went to Epcot Center, which is what Anna wanted to see in Florida. And there were all times when with the kids just tagged along and I got a few days either side of a, a business trip. And the, the only thing that went wrong was in Vienna uh, was with Tim. We'd been skiing and the next day I left him in the hotel room and uh, he, I, I got this enormous bill, hundreds <laughs> of dollars. And what Tim didn't realise, age 11, was that when you go to the gym or go to the swimming pool or order lunch or uh, anything else or room service, you have to, have to pay for it. <laughs> and uh, there was nothing much I could do about it. I said to the hotel, you shouldn't have allowed a child to do that. To order rooms. In the end, I got stuck with a few hundred dollar bill for <laughs> his one. I heard that. Uh, well, I, what, uh, it was my fault for uh, trusting him, but, but it, it was worth it in the end. I'm really interested. When you look back at this, um you know, thinking about having having kids, what do you wish you had done more of? Do you have any thoughts like that? Do you wish you'd done more of or do you think that maybe you could do differently? We've talked about this and um, to be honest, without so sounding complacent, we don't have too many regrets. I think because we always were both were always working so hard and quite long hours, we we're very conscious of the need to have good holidays Um to good weekends and, you know, carry out lots of activities. And um, I, don't, I, don't, we, I don't think I have too many. I, we look back on, you know, having our children at home, the time when our children were all at home as, as very happy times. Like, I don't know what else, you know, perhaps I work too hard. I have, you know, I have, you know, a little bit of guilt about working very long hours through all those years. I don't know, perhaps I should have been more at home. But... Um, I don't know, we did, we did have great, you know, we've always camped and hiked and done lots of activities with the kids all the way through. So I think that kind of, I hope it, I hope it made up for um, me not always being around. Oh, I think you were. I think 
Well, it was also we wanted to travel and we just dragged the kids along and uh, they always enjoyed it. <laughs> I can't imagine them ever complaining. I don't want to go and see a world-class waterfall in Venezuela. Uh <laughs> I mean, we took, remember we took you all away for a year to Oxford when you were... Seven. You were seven. And that was, I think, a bit challenging for your kids because you had to go to English schools for a year. But we took you... We actually weren't at the school for very long because we were away camping in Europe most of that, a lot of that time. But, I mean, that was, I think that was a good experience. I think it's a huge experience if you can live overseas with your kids, as long as they're not at high school because they might miss out. And, and if you've got kids who are challenged uh, educationally, they can end up missing a year when they come back, which is not good. But as long as your kids are moderately bright, like our kids were. Um, moderately well, bright, Kate. You got that? You're moderately bright. <laughs> the, po the postscript to that being that um, years later... Tim and Anna, not you as much, Kate, which is Tim and Anna both confided to me that they had had a little bit of difficulty when they came back, so they had much schooling that year, um, <laughs> difficulty with maths when they got back. Completely went over my head. Well, I was too busy to They both notice. caught up and they were just fine, I would think. But uh, <laughs> um, well, there you go, Jen. That's motivation for your summer plans next year, right? Yeah, we're starting with a one-month trip next year, and I hope I would love to do the year away somewhere. Like To me, that's a super appealing thing to do. I have the flexibility with my job to do it. I have to somehow get my husband and his job on board, so yes. we'll cross that bridge when we cross that bridge, but I would love, I would love to do that. I think you, you, it's something that you would never regret, Jen. I mean, when we announced that we were going to Oxford for the year, Tim was in his last year at primary school, and he wanted to be the biggest kid, in this, and he wanted to all that all that went with that, the graduation and everything. And he said, well, I, I, you didn't ask me if I wanted to come. And if you'd asked me, I would have said no. And he, he went, he took himself off to his room for the weekend. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, but it was really interesting because he, I'd say, he, you know, he thoroughly enjoyed it because he, he went to a school where, you know, there was a different sort of a, just a different type of education, different group of kids. He got into rap music. He had a great you know, group of friends. Did he? I think it was. Yeah. What, creating his own? He got in trouble at school. Do you remember? He was, he was a bit wild. But anyway. That uh, out. Well, nothing serious. But I think, uh, I think we were all seen as a bit of a novelty, being Australian family. But he, uh, I think he pulled a jumper off a girl uh, who was uh, getting on a bike. And uh, I just happened to be in um, Lithuania. Uh, a few years later, and uh, who should be at the table but the same girl who was the uh, the girlfriend of one of my uh, colleague's sons, and uh, I heard all about her side of what Tim had done. I think she still liked Tim, but it was uh, he did get into a anyway, tiny bit of trouble. Interesting times. Remember, remember, Kate, when Dad we bought a camper van which didn't have a camping conversion in it, so undaunted, Dad said. Well, I'll do it myself. So he, we lived in this very um, genteel Oxford, you know, neighbourhood. Um, and Dad got out on a Saturday morning with the angle grinder or whatever and cut the roof out of the out of the camper van to put a pop top in. Yeah, the noise they was extreme. <laughs> I bet your outfit would have been good too, Dad, because although maybe you didn't have too many raggy clothes there, but uh, for those people who don't know my dad, he likes to hold on to clothes until they're literally falling to pieces, and that's generally your work clothes. So I bet you looked good while you were in <laughs> your car as well. Anyway, um, that <laughs> well thanks, Kate. 
<laughs> so now you're grandparents and you have, I just had to count again, six grandkids. What's the best part of being a grandparent? What's the worst part? There is no worst part. I think That's the right lovely. answer because our kids are perfect. That's great. There is no worst part. I absolutely love having grandchildren. And I don't buy into this argument that you hear a lot of people about age saying, which is, you know, oh, you know, the great, the, the good part is that you can hand them back. No, we, we just love having them around as long as they'll, as they'll agree to stay. Um, so, no, it's lots of fun. It's just good fun having grandchildren. Constantly entertaining. Anything? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, and watching them grow up, and uh, they grow up so damn fast, though, that you've really got to, don't want to miss out on activity. And because I've, I'm still working full time, and I, the one regret I have is I should have spent more time with them. And that I paid a price for working, which I enjoy, uh, but uh, I paid a price of not being engaged with the grandchildren nearly as much as I'd like to. That's such an interesting perspective, Dad, because I wouldn't say that at all. I mean, maybe I'm different because we have, like, we plan such deliberate time together that you have spent, you and mum have spent as much time with our kids as you possibly could, I, I think. Um, so that's an interesting perspective that you have because I don't see it like that at all. Even if you want to come visit more, you're welcome to, though. <laughs> Offer's always there. <laughs> Many more on a day-to-day basis here, probably. Yeah, a bit. I, 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 I tend to do most of the Yeah, things. and that's true. And there's a bit of intrinsic guilt, which uh, is hard to get over. But we do, you know, we do we do lots of activities with the kids. You know, we went to Mary Poppins recently with two of them and really enjoyed that. It, it's it's just um, incredible. It just makes us very happy to see them enjoying activities that we plan for them. We do lots of walk. We live across the road from a lovely park with a bit of bushland. So we're over there a lot. And I guess what, you know, I, I think I'm just enjoying the kids so much because when you were all small, I was just so busy. Um, but now I've got the time to really, you know, really um, appreciate appreciate and enjoy them. And so we go to the park a lot and, and I'm kind of fascinated by their interest in nature and their interest in the, and the way that they see, because they're so much closer to the ground, the way <laughs> that they see nuts and birds and seeds and, you know, everything. Um, they pick things, you know, the little, the smaller they are, they pick things up all the time. So, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, and we love having them to stay too. And we've got a bedroom set up just for the kids. We don't always love having them to stay when Oscar won't go to bed. Yeah, but he, the thing about our uh, second youngest grandchild is you only got to look at him to laugh. I mean, he's such a funny kid. and uh, <laughs> Naughty as. We forgive him in milliseconds <laughs> for his almost constant misdemeanors at that time. Oh, I feel like that is the funny part of grandparents, right? Because it, it is funny and you do get, you get a little bit more reprieve and a little bit more break to recharge in between those visits because they don't, yes, uh, yeah. you know, in your case, they're not living in your home 24 seven. So you get lots of visits, but then you do get a little bit of, of break time. Um, I think for me, like, you know, if you guys wanted to, you know, kind of give a little bit of advice to our, maybe ourselves specifically, but also to our listeners, like, what do we have to look forward to? I feel like everything's been so positive so far. And I love that. Like, what's kind of, how would you kind of sum up, you know, what is the message I guess you want to leave with people, what we can look forward to if we continue to keep getting outside and being deliberate with our children in that way? Well, I think everything. It's just um, an absolute pleasure. I think having the adolescents and the kids, the kids during adolescence as young adults and as older adults, it's been an absolute pleasure. I mean, there's always a few bumps in the road. It's inevitable, but uh uh, 
it's hard to look back and think of uh, not a just continuing pleasure having the family around you. I guess um, for us it was kind of, I, I feel as if it was just seamless through those years. Um, and I think we just always assumed, Jen, that the, that our children would come with us where we went. We got a bit, little bit of a shock when it was Pete's 50th birthday and we planned a trip to Fiji, which was going to be just lovely. It was, you know, um, snorkelling and hiking and swimming and all the rest of it. And then Tim announced he didn't want to. He was 19. <laughs> And he said, oh, I'm too old to come on family trips. No, I don't want to come. <laughs> and then he heard about, to oh, Fiji, we'll probably go. To Fiji. Entitled. We'll, we'll fly to another island and we'll, you know, we'll do. So we'll, but don't worry, Tim, you can stay at home. And we stay at a resort and, you know, we don't do that much of that. And then that about two, two days before, Tim says sheepishly, oh, I think, I think I'll come. <laughs> 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 and, of course, uh, he would have really missed out. It was good fun. It was a great trip. And um, he enjoyed it, but uh, we, we didn't push him to come. He eventually came around to it. We would have been very disappointed if he hadn't come. <laughs> um, there's something I read a little while ago. Um, it's in a book by Richard Louvre who wrote uh, Last Child in the Woods about how children outside are becoming like an endangered species. And he's been a huge, a huge player in the getting kids outside kind of movement over the last decade and a half-ish. Um, but he finishes that book by talking about this. I can't shake this quote. He talks about the sense of deep grief that he has, that he no longer has very small children. And I'm struggling with how to reconcile that because I look at my kids and I look at these little, they're babies in my eyes, but they're not anymore and they're getting bigger. And what are your experiences with that? Like, do you feel what he's alluding to there? Does grandparenting help? Do grandkids help with that? But like, how do you get over yes. that that deep sense of grief that your babies grew up? Um, I think that the baby stage and the early childhood and is replaced by something else and your relationships with your children change as time goes on and they become you know they, they're, they're no um they're no less enjoyable but you just it's a, it's a different you know a different type of relationship you know you can have meaningful discussions with your children you can talk about you know we've always talked about politics around the dinner table for example it's just it's just a different relationship with you know I, I don't think I mean, I loved, I loved having small children, but I didn't, I didn't grieve for that loss of their childhood. I just enjoyed them as they got older. And, and we, you know, you take a lot of pleasure in their, um, their development. And then, the, and then the grandchildren come along. It's like this huge present they've been given. It's a bonus. And you suddenly got babies in your arms again, which are just <laughs> delicious. And, and toddlers are so cute. And the whole, you know, and we, we're privileged to, to watch that whole, um, sort of a spectrum happening again in front of our eyes, but uh, and and you don't have to do the work; you just can enjoy it. I don't think we had that grief. I think we've just we just sort of um, welcomed each stage as it came, or each this, as I say, this continuing. But the, there was a transition though when the, all the kids left home, and suddenly uh, we found that we could do what we want. <laughs> and mind you, that had a bit of that a few positives. We could go out to dinner every Friday night and that sort of thing. But it did feel strange not having the kids around and uh, having them living uh, independently, even if it was in the same city for the first few years. Um, but you get used to it pretty quickly. And 
it was a bit of a wrench. I remember, yeah. I remember saying to, when, when finally it all gone, I said to Dad, I don't really want to go down to Margaret River anymore without the kids. What are we going to do? <laughs> we kind of got used to it, but it, it, was, it was a big wrench for me, children leaving home. I think that's probably the hardest. Um, I remember going to the supermarket, the local supermarket, and bumping into an old friend, and she said, oh, what's going on? I said, oh, the last one, and she's gone. I, I don't know whether that was you. I mean, everyone came back again, of course, after that. <laughs> I remember in this housing market, Jen. <laughs> What's that? In this housing market, they're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, I think the last thing I'd love to hear from you both is, without naming their names, if you think of those six grandkids and imagine they're listening to this in years to come when they're hopefully more mature and not uh, keeping you up all night, what would you want to say to those grandkids? Well, I did actually start a book for the grandchildren, writing in things that I remembered about them. But I guess I'd just like to say to them all how much we we, we have enjoyed their childhood and, um, yeah, love them all and and to sort of uh, rejoice in their different personalities. That's what I – and just to keep being themselves and enjoying life. And, and hopefully – I mean, you, you can't tell kids this, but I'm, I'm hoping that you know, all of our grandchildren are having lovely lives. So they're being, they're being – they, you know, they have a lot of time. All of them have a lot of time outdoors. They have great holidays, and I just hope that they continue doing that in their own way as long as possible. Really. Yeah, perhaps I could just add that I think we we see them all as being. They're all very loving to us, and I don't know if we deserve it. And we love them all equally back. And they've all got different. They're all completely different, but they've all got qualities which are just wonderful. And uh, I would be. Um, just we're just happy to have such and also healthy which is we're very lucky to have i think some of our friends have got grandchildren who are unwell or have uh, long-term health problems and we're very lucky and very pleased that very grateful that they're all healthy well there you go jen maybe it does only get better from here only get better from here i love that message for us kate this conversation has given me a lot of hope um and I love the perspective that you're putting out there, mum and dad, about <laughs> that that it's not a quantum leap from where we are to having teenagers and that the, the habits and the things that we do now hopefully set us up to have, you know, successful adventures and outings and holidays with our kids as they get older. Um, I know how much our, our listeners loved your last episode, so we are really grateful that you've both been able to come back tonight after a few scheduling challenges. But we are really grateful to have you back on the podcast for our special episode number 100. The last time you were here was your 50th wedding anniversary, which is pretty cool. And now you're here to celebrate our milestone of 100 episodes. So I love you very much. Jen loves you too. And thank you very much for being part of the episode. Thank you. Oh, uh, absolute pleasure. Can we just say congratulations to both of you for a wonderful achievement? I mean, 100 episodes of your great podcast is is just incredible i don't know how you fit it into your busy lives with kids and work and everything well done thanks I agree. Love you both. thanks, thanks guys. so that is officially a wrap i cannot believe we've recorded a hundred episodes and we have not missed a single week in a hundred weeks kate would you think about life a hundred weeks ago that feels pretty incredible 
I am kind of blown away by that, uh, that every single week we have had an episode go up. We are so grateful to the dozens of guests who we've had on. We've met some amazing, incredible, wonderful people who've shared so many fun stories with us. And we're so grateful to our listeners as well, all the people who have been listening in, who've been sharing feedback with us and who have, you know, taken a little something out of out of some of our episodes and been able to apply it to their lives. Yeah, I think last week's episode was one of my favorites where if you haven't listened to it yet, we read through some of the testimonials or some of the people that we had touched that shared with us. And for me, when I think back to what our original purpose was with the podcast, and we had just said, you know, what if we helped one person feel better about parenting by getting outside, whatever that looks like for them. You know, what if we helped one family enjoy one new adventure, whether that was going to a new playground, going on a day trip or going on a camping trip. And then reading those testimonials, I was like, but we did it. Kate, we we did the thing we wanted to do. We did did it. (laughs) (laughs) I think our overall message does, it remains the same, even if we're not podcasting every week, we are still going to be getting outside and We also know that parenting can be really hard. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. We think you're amazing parents and we know that the struggle can be really real. But we also know that we are better parents outside and our kids, there are so many benefits for our kids. So if you're wondering what we're going to be getting up to with all the spare time when we're not podcasting and recording and (laughs) editing, we're going to be outside with our kids, enjoying that time out there and creating lots of amazing memories with them. And we hope that you will do the same. You can continue to find our podcast in all the places where you'd usually find it. You can try and connect with us over on Instagram. We're going to be a lot quieter over there, though, at Get Outside With Kids. We really hope that we've inspired you to spend more time outside with your family because you're an awesome parent and those kids are super lucky to have you. Thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, keep keep listening back. And I just wanted to say, you know, if you have a parent in your life who's struggling uh, with whatever challenges they might be in their life, just the struggles of being a parent, or maybe, you know, someone who's going to be expecting in 2024, we'd really love if you would send them one of your favorite episodes to inspire them. You know, I just think the more that we can share the message about one day at a time, one bite says that adventure at a time, uh, you know, the better we can lift up parenting. So thank you again. We are just hitting pause for now. We don't know where this adventure is going to take us, but the podcast is going to live on. Thanks again. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Kate. <laughs>